Who dat, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. We are part of Fansided, bringing you the latest news and analysis surrounding the New Orleans Saints. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown, and if you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at the WDD Podcast and rate us on iTunes to show us some love. It really goes a long way. What's up, guys? I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond, and we are back with another amazing episode for you guys. So, we've been loving the support that you guys have been bringing us, so we've got something to give to you guys now. So, in case you missed it on Twitter, we've got some big news. We've got merch now. Yeah, we've got Ooh. some awesome shirts. Uh, we've got them in black. We've got them in uh, white. Uh, they've got cool gold text. They've got, like, a podcast uh, uh, logo and everything. They've got, like, a little mic. You're going to have to see it. Check it out for yourself. So here's where you can find it. You can search it up at swag.fansided.com and search the Who That Dish podcast. And here's even more treat for you guys. Save some money, too. Use code FOOTBALL for 20% off. So, <laughs> Yeah. So incredibly pumped uh, that we have T-shirts. We got some merch. Yeah, I'm ecstatic. Uh, and it's all because of you guys uh, for, for showing us the support. Um, we, we, we've gained a fantastic audience, uh, with you guys and a lot of friends through this. And, uh, uh, the drop of the t-shirts is, uh, really just a landmark for us, uh, on the journey that we've been on, uh, for, uh, a little over a year now. So uh, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Be sure to, um, go to the shop and check those out. There's also just regular who Dat dish, um, merch on there as well. There's some polos, some mugs, if you guys, uh, uh enjoyed the website as well. But yeah, our t-shirts drop. They look fantastic. Uh, if, if you do end up buying one, first off, thank you so much. We appreciate it in advance. If you do end up buying one, um, take a selfie with it, post it on Twitter, tweet us at the WDD podcast, and we're going to retweet you and we're going to talk about you on, on the upcoming episodes. Uh, so be sure to again, follow us on Twitter. And then if you do end up buying the merch again, we appreciate it and, uh, let us know because we love showing you guys off. We also, uh, speaking of some, um, uh, fantastic fans, um, Matthias on on Twitter. I'm gonna pull up the tweet real quick. Uh, it's just been really slow. But Matthias, uh, fantastic fan. Uh, we've talked to him before in the past. You can follow him on Twitter at m m e a d e underscore nine. Uh, and he asked, "Hope you all, or, or well, he stated, and then he asked, hope you all enjoyed the game and looking forward to your thoughts on the next pod." Question. Does Tom Savage wearing 12 irk you guys a little like it does me? I just always thought that was Colston's number, so it's definitely weird to me. Um, first off, thank you so much for the question, uh, Matthias, and thank you yep. for, for supporting the show and the kind words. Um, Tyler, what, what, what do you think about that question? Uh, it's very interesting. Well, first off, uh, thanks again for the question, guys. You know, like Dane's been saying, you know, if you have any questions about the podcast, any statements, anything, make sure to tweet us, you know, at the WDD podcast. But about the question, yeah, uh, I think it's funny how, you know, how, like, if you weren't a Saints fan, you know, and you heard Marcus Colston, you know, you probably wouldn't think much of him. But to Saints fans, he's like the holy grail, you know, because, like, uh, to other people, it's so underrated. To Saints fans, he's so underrated. But to anybody else, not really. He never made a Pro Bowl. But at the same time, though, he was, like, Drew's, like, go-to guy. So it's almost like you have an argument, like, should his jersey number be retired? But, yeah, I think it's a little weird uh, to see number 12, you know, not on uh, Colson, actually on Tom Savage, you know, our backup quarterback. But, yeah, uh, it's it's pretty weird. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, especially when uh, Tom Savage is not doing well on the field. Colston, obviously, 
you know, top five receiver in New Orleans Saints history, top three. You can even rank him at number one right now and definitely make the argument. He was part of the Super Bowl championship team, the only one in New Orleans Saints history. Um, He was also one of the main reasons that team was able to stay afloat with such terrible defense. He was helping out Drew Brees um, and the quiet storm, man. Uh, uh, You didn't really hear about him a whole lot, and that's why he's underrated throughout his entire career. But that's how the Saints like it. That's how us fans enjoy it. We like being um, underdogs, and uh, we, we like not being talked about in the spotlight. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think it definitely irks me to see Tom Savage wearing number 12. Hopefully he does get retired soon um, because Colston deserves it. He was, I mean, new age wave of, you know, this fantastic New Orleans Saints dynasty. I shouldn't say dynasty, more, more so an era. It's definitely not a dynasty, but this era we've been a part of for the last 12, 13 seasons. Um, he, he was a big part of it. So, yeah, it does irk me to see Savage with that, especially when he's throwing duds on the field like he did against Jacksonville. Speaking of which, uh, we're going to review the very first preseason game of the New Orleans Saints 2018 preseason. Um, they ended up with a victorious 24-20 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Um, again, thank you so much to Zach Goodall for coming on the show last week to help me break down this game. Uh, we both predicted a Jaguars win 21-17. to um, And, you know, I hate going against the Saints, and that's one of the reasons why. They usually always prove me wrong, and I end up looking like, uh, you know, <laughs> that host that, uh, you know, isn't picking the team. Love the Saints, obviously, but uh, I was feeling Jacksonville's defense. And Jacksonville got off to a great start. They were up 7 to nothing uh, over the Saints, and it seemed like the defense was the first-team defense was playing really laxed. Uh, you can follow a good friend of ours, Charlie Pollock, at St. Charlie on Twitter. He was tweeting about it, uh, and he was very, very disappointed with the uh, starters on defense, especially A.J. Klein. He has a hashtag, um, I think it's Chalk Talk with Charlie, uh, breaking down some film. Fantastic yep. to, to, to uh, watch him do that on Twitter um, and, and tweet about um, analysis of the game. And yeah, AJ Klein was kind of out of place in uh, multiple plays um, uh, uh, during the game, during, during the first series, because the first team defense only played against the starters for, for one series, I believe. Um, or, 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 excuse me, the, our starting defense played for two series, and then their starting offense played for one. Um, Drew Brees did not uh, end up playing for us, uh, but our starting most of our other starting offense did. But anyway, so uh, Jaguars get out to a quick start. Um, they're up seven to zero after a Blake Bortles two yard rushing touchdown. He just kind of scrambled out of the po- pocket and got there. Um, and then Will Lutz makes a forty-five yard field goal a few minutes later. Um, and then Josh Lambeau, uh, a few minutes into the second quarter, hits a field goal, so it's ten to three. And then Mark Ingram two yard touchdown run um, ties it up ten to thirteen or ten to ten. And then at halftime, it's ten to thirteen. Jaguars up after a, a Josh Lambeau forty-nine yard field goal. Uh, Lambeau, very impressive kicker. So was Will Lutz. Um, uh, to start off the scoring in the third quarter uh, with about four minutes left, uh, Cody Kessler uh, threw a touchdown pass from seven yards out to Scott Orndoff. Uh, it was actually a pretty nice grab, and I really actually enjoyed the play calling during that series for the Jaguars. It did kind of make our defense seem out of place, but that's kind of what you expect with second and third string guys. Um, in the fourth quarter, though, for the Saints, it was it was two touchdowns for us, nothing for the Jaguars. Taysom Hill, who led the team in passing and rushing. Three-yard touchdown run. Yeah. And then uh, four minutes later, Jonathan Williams, who's fighting for a roster spot, uh, who, who, had a, who had a fairly good game, four-yard touchdown run. And the Saints ended up winning 24-20. to Jaguars could not come back uh, from that score touchdown to win the game. So Saints start out the preseason uh, 1-0, and going up against a very tough team. Obviously, the first stringers kind of struggled like I talked about. But uh, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, strengths? 
uh, of the team, of course, what was there, and then what what are your concerns after watching them play in the first preseason game? So much to talk about. I'm so glad, you know, the Saints football is finally back. Even it's, uh, uh, you know, just a preseason. But that being said, you know, um, I appreciate uh, the victory. You know, even if it's just a preseason, I think it's funny that, you know, hey, uh, maybe we can start undefeated now, right? Just win every game from now on. Preseason, regular season, then postseason, right? But mm-hmm. um, what I liked about it was, um, I don't know. I, I Here, I'll mention this first. Uh, I love Charlie. Uh, give him some props, you know. Uh, the thing you mentioned about A.J. Klein was pretty cool. But I, I read some other things, and I didn't realize this until reading it. But I guess in uh, in wake of the defense, you know, like uh, in support of the defense, that I guess, uh, you know, they weren't doing, like, special packages. They weren't doing blitzes. They weren't, you know, like all the things you'd see from a typical defense in regular season, they weren't doing. So, like, I'm giving them the benefit of a doubt. I think they'll look a lot better when it comes time for, like, the regular season. But... I just want to say that as far as who looked really good, uh, I, like it's funny. I didn't really notice anyone uh, from special teams or from offense or defense immediately. I actually noticed the special teams pretty good. Arthur Millette running down the field, making some plays. My boy, you know, second year, you know, he's really making uh, some improvements. And people keep on talking about him uh, in training camp. I love it. He's fighting for a roster spot. I hope he gets it. Brandon Tate, the the newly signed wide receiver, who uh, like. Uh, Sean Payton uh, mentioned, you know, with the metaphor of The Bachelor, you know, all these roses giving out. Brandon Tate has earned that rose, every single petal worth of it, because he, uh, like, on his first opening, you know, uh, the kick, you know, to the Saints, runs nearly 40 yards, and it was electric. And it's funny, uh, Dean and I can uh, tell you guys, it was crazy that while we were trying to find, like, a good stream to watch a video, and uh, the video kept on buffering and everything. But uh, I could see a terrible quality for the first half of the game. So I found a better stream. Brandon Tate running down the field. So that was pretty cool. As far as the offense, offense and defense goes, um, I think Dan Arnold, I think the uh, newly converted uh, tight end, had some good plays mm. on the defense. I liked uh, David Animata. Uh, he, he had a pretty good showing. Let's see. Uh, our new uh, linebacker, uh, Demario Davis, looked really athletic uh, when he was in and really showed his athleticism. That was pretty cool. Um, let's see here. Um, Lattimore made some good plays. Uh, Marcus Williams made some good plays. That's expected, though, they're the starters. But, yeah, uh, that's all I can think of right now. I need mm-hmm. to think a bit more. But how about you, Dayton? Yeah. Um, what did you think? I'm going to talk. So, yeah, really impressed overall with the team, especially how they were able to be persistent throughout the game come back uh, for that victory defensive standouts of course you had j ron elliott uh five tackles yep, two and a half too. sacks tackle for a loss quarterback hit he had a forced fumble um which almost sealed the game um well i, I guess pretty much sealed the game uh um and then you also have devoro lawrence also had five tackles uh two sacks um and then uh, some other standouts, of course, uh, uh, Patrick Robinson had three tackles, uh, and he had a, a pass deflection, very nice one, on a wheel route uh, covering the slot. It was it was actually very nice to see Patrick Robinson in the Saints uniform again playing well. Um, and then, of course, Demario Davis also played uh, uh, fairly well in his spare time, two tackles and a pass defended. Um, and then Taylor Stallworth mm-hmm. out of South Carolina. We talked about him a couple episodes ago, uh, un- undrafted free agent signing. Uh, he had a, a very nice quarterback hit, and he had two tackles as well as uh, a one sack. So he was 
flying up and down the field. He was he was playing well in his limited time, and then of course uh, Chris Banjo, Kurt Coleman, Justin Hardy, um, and 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 Alex Anzalone uh, also played well um, throughout the game on defense. So um, that, that that was great to see out of those guys. Uh, the Saints were able to come up with three um, takeaways, or excuse me, sorry. They they came with three forced fumbles only only came away with one but they didn't turn the ball over um, at all on offense uh, uh, which which is fantastic always nice to see um, and and you were just talking about yeah. the offensive standouts on there uh, I think you forgot to mention a guy Traquan Smith of course um, I, I can't remember if I you forgot mentioned about him, him. No, yeah. no, okay perfect I I, yeah. I, I I didn't I didn't think you did four receptions forty eight yards um, no receiving touchdowns in this game but Taysom Hill did have that rushing touchdown which was nice. Um, and then of course, Tom Savage, I, I guess he didn't do too, too bad. He was 10 of 14, 70 yards, um, played it very safe. Um, wasn't sacked. Hill was sacked twice. JT Barrett was sacked once. Um, and, a <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, total of six sacks for the saints, uh, compared to, you know, j- just three against, uh, Saxonville as I put in quotations, but obviously it is preseason. So, <laughs> uh, I'm just poking a little bit of fun at them, but, um, yeah, no, uh, uh, fantastic to see. I think overall um, our, our, our strengths coming out of this is I'm very confident in the receiving core. Michael Thomas had some nice grabs, had some nice moves. Of course, you had Kamara um, doing his thing, Ingram. So the supporting cast around Drew Brees, um, as I've talked about it before, uh, is, is just absolutely fantastic and is going to be a big, uh, just absolutely huge key coming into the season uh, to, to help him out. Negatives. Uh, the defense played very laxed in the in the first drive. That was our starters. Those were the guys that were going to be rocking in the regular season. So, um, kind of makes you uneasy to see that going on. But uh, as you mentioned, Tyler, they weren't exactly playing the way they'll play in the regular season. Uh, I noticed that the coverage yeah. was very um, off in terms of uh, the spacing that they were giving the receivers. I felt like Lattimore and Crawley were many more yards back than they usually are. Um, and that obviously plays into uh, Leonard Fournette being on the team. He had five carries for 24 yards as well on that first drive for the Jaguars. So it made sense. We we wanted guys to be aware that um, Leonard Fournette is going to be carrying the rock, and he's he's one of the best running backs in the NFL, one of the best young running backs. And um, so make makes sense to me, I guess. But uh, still, hopefully we don't see that happen often at all in the regular season. I really want to see this defense get after it. Um but yeah, mm-hmm. twenty-four to twenty final score. Who would you uh, give your MVP award out to? Personally, uh, to me on offense, I'm gonna give it to Traquan Smith. He definitely stepped up. I I, I almost want to give it to Taysom Hill, but Traquan Smith really really answered um, all of the questions that we were throwing at him, uh, which pretty much were, "Are you going to be able to translate what you're doing in training camp onto the field?" And uh, I think that he answered those questions uh, on defense. J. Ron Elliott came out and play. Uh, came out to play, and he, he just absolutely balled out, and I was very impressed by him. Um, uh, but what do you think of Tyler? Um, uh, actually, I remembered a few more names. I wanted to uh, yeah. get out there, uh, shout out to them. So Trey Hendrickson, too. We forgot to mention him. He was balling, man. Uh, there is some plays where he just looked like a beast. You know, Don't forget about him going to uh, you know, the regular season. We've got all these other defensive ends, but we can't forget about him. Um Mitchell, uh, I f- I'm going to pronounce this so bad, I, and I apologize. Lowen? Lowen? Mm-hmm. Um, L-O-E-W-E-N. He yeah. was really good. Uh, the defensive lineman, he was really good. Uh, and Boston Scott, too. And the, and the carries that he got looked very fluid, really athletic. But uh, if I give my MVP anybody, it would be the guy who led with the most snaps, and that's going to be Traquan Smith. He was a beast. You know, he just further confirms uh, what we've uh, been seeing, uh, you know, 
seen him do in uh, training camp, and that's ball out. So I'm glad to see that uh, we've got another, uh, what's a good word, underrated you know, receiver that nobody's going to know about until he starts making highlight reels down the field. Mm. 60, 70 yards, touchdowns, touchdowns here, touchdowns there. But, yeah, that would be my go-to guy for Love sure, it. MVP. Fantastic, yeah. Traquan Smith, shout-out to you. You had a fantastic game, man. Um, and then, obviously, there are some negatives coming out of the game, but uh, for these backups, these guys fighting for roster spots, going into the next game when the coaches are evaluating everything, who ultimately helped themselves moving forward and who hurt themselves? Mm, for me, I'm going to go with, like, who hurt themselves. We'll clap. The offensive mm. lineman, man. Just like what I saw from it, it wasn't helpful, you know, especially when, you know, all these backup linemen are really fighting for spots. You know, he's someone who's further down the line than, uh, like, in front of the line. He's further back, you know. He really didn't help himself much as far as that goes. I know Colton Jumper had a couple plays where he, uh, I'm pretty sure he's a linebacker that uh, that didn't really help his cause. Von Bell, when he was in there, he looked all right. You know, it wasn't really great. But those would be the guys I say that hurt themselves. As far as the people that help themselves, I'd say, of course, like Boston Scott, he really made a huge uh, showing for himself. Mm-hmm. Jerry Quan Smith, of course, you know, the wide receiver, he's, you know, like we said, further confum- confirms that he's a beast. Um, Arthur Blatt, like I said, and, uh, yeah, I would say about those guys. Yeah. But those guys really helped themselves. And Trey Hendrickson, too. Yeah, most of the guys, uh, for sure. most of the guys we mentioned definitely helped themselves. I think Dion Yelder hurt himself a little bit, um, didn't get a whole lot of playing time, but he's the big tight end that, that we were hoping to, you know, turn into a, a utility guy there at the uh, at the tight end position, especially in the red zone, because he's just a big target, but didn't see didn't see a whole lot out of him. Will Clapp, yeah, just kind of looked lost out there, um, which, which, which sucks because I, you know, he was definitely a steal in the seventh round, and I want him to do good for this team, for the offensive line depth yeah. that the team needs, but... Um, you know when he when he's whiffing on some blocks like he did in the game, um, you can only go up from well, there, wh- wh- right which is good. Too. But yeah, yeah, pe- people definitely got right by him, so he he kind of hurt himself going forward. But um, yeah, yeah that, that starting defense overall, um, again, wouldn't be wouldn't be too too worried, especially we were able to buckle down later on. But um, keep an eye out for them in the in the next game because a uh, little, little bit of a shaky start. You you don't you don't really like to see that. Yeah. And, sure. and that means that, oh, sorry, man, didn't mean yeah, to interrupt. What, one quick thing you're before, good. before you're we good. move on. <laughs> uh, I do think one guy who is hurting himself by not playing, and again, I understand there's injuries and everything, but we haven't seen a whole lot out, out of him, and he wasn't even really projected to be a starter. Marcus Davenport, um, with Trey Hendrickson True. playing good, Al-Kane Muhammad actually started the game. Uh, I, I don't think we saw too much out of him, but he, he, he got the starting role. You already have Alex Okafor and Cameron Jordan pretty much locking down the starting position, so... If Davenport continues to, and again, I know the Saints want to be cautious, but he he's got to get experience time in sometime, uh, especially yeah. because we gave up a, pretty much two first round picks for him. We swapped one and then we gave up Very one true. for next year. So I would love to see him on the field. I do think he's not necessarily hurting himself, but the injury is definitely hindering his uh, chances at moving up in the depth chart to start his rookie season that we're that we're all looking forward to. So uh, that's that, that's that's something to watch for as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you mentioned that, though. Uh, with that being said, though, uh, there actually is an injury bug sort of going around, you know, the Saints right now. And it's sort of led to a lot of different information presenting themselves right now regarding the team. So we'll start off with Marcus Davenport. 
So him among some a few other names, for example, the starting tight end the Saints have, Benjamin Watson, he hasn't really been talked about, but yet there is still, uh, I wouldn't say a rumor because it's true, uh, words floating around that these guys are injured, but yet we're getting no information, unfortunately. So with Davenport, the reason why he didn't play is right now he has a, I believe it's a groin injury that, yeah, it's a pulled groin muscle that luckily it didn't turn into uh, a hernia or anything worse, but um, that sidelined him and he missed most of his rookie training camp. Hopefully he'll be coming back soon. Like we don't know when he'll be coming back soon. And it's funny, like, uh, Dan, I, I, you know, I was uh, telling you about this, how frustrating this is, you know, like how us as fans and the local media, they can't even get any information because Sean Payton, like Bill Belichick, releases nothing. But other things re- regarding the injuries. So um, another one, a big one, if you guys actually haven't heard about this, this is the first time we've talked about it on the podcast, that wide receiver Brandon Coleman. Yes, Brandon Coleman uh, was actually cut by the Saints uh, with injury designation because not only was he uh, injured with his hip, but he had neck injuries too. So another one, another case where, you know, something where we didn't know much to begin with, we find everything out at the very end, you know, after the action already takes place. So uh, it's pretty frustrating, you know, and there's not much personally we can do about it, but I just thought it would be a important topic to bring up, you know, that unfortunately sometimes, you know, this is the way the dice rolls, but, we get sort of left out, you know, the fans, the media, you know, the reporters, the analysts, everything, until, you know, uh, head coaches or uh, transactions and roster moves finally happen. But isn't that crazy, Dane, you know, that we were left out on a whim until something actually happens, you know, with all these different players? So Sean Payton is notorious for not releasing injury information during the preseason yeah. for whatever yeah. – re- well, I, I – I, I guess I, I understand the reason. He, he doesn't want to protect his players' privacy for the most part. Um, but it is frustrating for, for guys like us in the media who, um, you know, we, we want this information to go off of uh, kind of what we talk about and, and what's going on with the team. We obviously want to keep tabs with everything. But Peyton waits until the regular season to um, start routinely releasing injury information for players on the team during the preseason. Not a whole lot, but we're not getting – really any information from anybody regarding these injuries and i think that's the weird part um we get vague tweets here and there about uh davenport being walked off the field with the trainer oh he's back oh he's wrapped up again uh the next day uh benjamin watson really had we haven't spotted him much at at camp though um thus far and just just hearing about him being injured and then of course with the brandon coleman stuff it's it's odd that the team signed him to that one-year deal obviously they waited a long time but if they knew the injury was, you know, somewhat serious, um, just just don't bring him back. Just sign a, a different. I mean, if you want to sign a receiver, there, there's tons of receivers out there. If you understand that Coleman, so I just felt like it was kind of a tease there, and it, it is kind of conf- confusing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Peyton again doesn't doesn't like to release information during the preseason, and I get that. But yeah, it's it's an odd situation when you don't really get anything. Yeah, it, it's it's really crazy, you know, and it, it's funny, like, I almost feel like I'm just going crazy here myself, because you'd think that more people would be interested in knowing, oh, how is our first round selection defensive end that's supposedly going to be our savior for this defense, Marcus Davenport doing? Wait, why isn't he playing? Right. Wait, he's hurt? Why haven't we heard anything about it? Our starting tight end, you know, and like all these things, and I don't know about you, but I knew nothing about Brandon Coleman, and I follow mm-hmm. Twitter 
religiously when it comes to the Saints, especially injuries. Because you know me, like to freak freak out and panic about, oh no, wait, this guy's hurt. Oh boy, how bad are the Saints gonna do now? But like mm. a guy like Brandon Coleman, a guy that hasn't exactly lived up to his hype, but at the same time is very important. Getting released over an injury I didn't know about. Mm. I don't know. It, yeah. This segment's sort of weird. It's just us almost a. a venting a little bit at the same time we're curious you know uh, us as, as someone that likes to present information to you guys we need to know all the good stuff so we can present you guys all the good stuff but yeah it's just very crazy yeah. it's the saints are a very weird team but they we are. still love them though very private reserved they like to stay quiet understandable um but yeah we we we, we wouldn't love them any other way um like like we do this team because this is the team we know and love and have gotten to enjoy over the years so um keep at it we're just we're just jour- journalism's venting about this because uh you know we, ju- we just like to know the information and uh yeah i i, I heard about coleman being cut but i didn't really know too much about his injury until that information came out a couple of days ago so uh kind of shocked me a little bit that the injury was that serious that they had to cut him so quickly but uh Peyton did leave the door open to possibly bring him back which i talked about last week with zach um, which you guys can listen to in the last episode, uh, so that'd be interesting. But um, speaking of players on the New Orleans Saints, um, Alvin Kamara uh, had an interview with with Bleacher Report. Very, very interesting. I love when Saints players do this when when they go out to mainstream media and and they and they just talk about whatever. Alvin Kamara is one of the most interesting guys the Saints have ever had, and uh, I think he's only going to get more interesting over the years. Um, obviously, he's entering his sophomore season after winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's hot, top 20 in the 100 players of 2018 countdown. Everybody knows him. Everybody is, is starting to love him and, and, and the um, septum piercing, the bull ring he's got. But, uh, yeah, so in, in his recent interview, though, with um, uh, Bleacher Report, um, he was asked about the playoffs last year, and he had some very, very choice words uh, about the game against the Vikings, about the Vikings themselves and how things could have changed. Um, so the the direct quotes from him quote I couldn't even be mad this was this was when he was asked um, how he felt after losing to the Vikings quote I couldn't even be mad I was mad of course but it was like how does that shit happen that's not even real it's almost not realistic like what the fuck we'd beat the shit out of the Eagles because we was rolling if we won against Minnesota I knew nobody was gonna stop us because we came all the way back. We know what the standard is, so yeah, F-U-C-K, Minnesota, end quote. Um, you could definitely, and, and, and I love in the article, it says, quote, we know what the standard is, Kamara says before pausing for a few seconds, so yeah, F Minnesota. So he thought about it for a second, marinated <laughs> in it, and said, you know what, F Minnesota. You know what, um, so I, I, I love the tenacity, not a lot of people did like it, obviously, uh, Eagles players aren't necessarily going to enjoy um you know somebody else saying that they beat you know them up so bad um when that team won the super bowl and obviously the the vikings aren't going to take too kindly to the choice words about them and the saints do play the vikings later on in the season so that's going to be something to look forward to but um since the interview uh lane johnson standout offensive lineman for the eagles responded by saying quote get on madden and play us or, and play as many games as you want to see if you can beat us um, end quote um so you know just kind of a, a funny jab right there at, at kamara um good good response overall by the eagles though they know that they won the super bowl there's not really changing but if you're in alvin kamara's shoes 
seconds away from winning the Super Bowl, uh, a miracle happens that unfortunately goes against you, uh, and that's what's keeping you from you know uh, appearing in the NFC Championship game. And I think Kamara hit it on the nose, though. The Saints had the momentum going. They came back in that game. They had momentum um, beating Carolina, the Panthers at home for the third time of the season against your rivals. Are you kidding me? That's that's just fantastic momentum going into the game. Um, they used that to come back against Minnesota. And if they had won on the road against that team with that comeback, they they at least would have put up a better, uh, a lot better fight against the Eagles than the Vikings did. Um, I don't know about if they would have would have beat them to a pulp. It's it is all about matchups, and I do think the Eagles. Uh, uh, defense a little bit undersized especially in the secondary uh, to go up against guys like Mike Thomas and Ted Ginn Jr. Um, and any and even a well I, I, I'm not even going to count him as a big target but Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield would be kind of a mismatch nightmare but the Eagles had a fantastic season so it's hard to tell what what really would have happened but um, so I, I, I guess the question is is Kamara out of line um, and if the Saints beat the Vikings Tyler do you think they would have beat mm-hmm. the Eagles oh but can I just say how much I actually love Alvin Kamara? Not only is he a beast on the field, he's a beast off the field, saying expletive words to opposing teams in the NFC. Man, round of applause goes to you, Alvin Kamara. I love you, dude. But um, like he uh, was he out of line? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I mean, like the play me would say, sure. You know, you're here. You're, you're getting paid. It's a play. It's uh, a play football. You know, just keep your mouth quiet, you know, and just uh, prove to them what you want to say on the field. You know, go off on them, go off on the Vikings and the Eagles. You forgot to mention, we play the Eagles too uh, this upcoming season. You know, go off on both of them, have 100 mm-hmm. rushing or receiving yards. But at the same time, though, it's Elvin Kamara. He has his septum pierced, right? Yeah, that's your nose. You have your, he has his nose pierced, and he's got a grill, and he's got the arm sleeve and everything. He's a beast. Like, would you honestly would have expected that from anybody else? Like, right. Drew Brees wouldn't have said it. Thomas mm-hmm. Morrison would have said it. You know, like he said it. So it's sort of funny when you think about like, oh, uh, we've got we've got the bag, cool running back, you know. And it's even funnier because he's going to get more touches. It's going to be even more of a beast, hopefully, uh, when Mark Ingram is suspended that first four games. But um, was he out of line? It depends on who you ask. But if the Saints beat the Vikings. Would they have beat the Eagles? I don't know. All I can say is, like he said, we was rolling. We beat we beat Carolina. Uh, we were doing really well. You know, we were rolling. That's all I know. But uh, what say you? Uh, what's your take on this? On this really funny thing that Kamara had to say. Yeah, I mean, I love it. You hit it on the head when you said, who else would say it but Alvin Kamara? And, and you're exactly right. He's an open book. Uh, he's he's from the South, and, and, and people from the South love to speak their mind. And there, there's absolutely <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Um, obviously, you know, a- a- everybody says stuff that they regret. I don't think Kamara's going to regret this. He shouldn't. Um, it was very heartfelt. And I think uh, any competitor, especially at the top level, um, is thinking the same exact thing Alvin Kamara is thinking. They just they just don't say it out loud out of a uh, little bit of respect. But um, yeah. it, I, I still don't think Kamara was out of line. It, it wasn't exactly disrespectful. It was just kind of... Uh, um, you know, his confidence just oozing out and, uh, he's right. The saints had, had the momentum going. And so, uh, you know, he's being honest. Um, and, and I love when athletes are honest, especially when it's, uh, you know, to the media in an interview like this, he totally could have sugarcoated anything, but, um, he, he, he was honest. Um, and he was himself 
and uh, I, I absolutely agree with him. I don't think it's out of line. Obviously, um, different people are, go- are, are, are going to think that, but uh, I think it was kind of savage. I think a lot of other people also thought of it. It's either you're, it you're a fan of the Saints, and you probably love, most likely every single Saints fan is going to love what Kamara did, or you're on the outside, and you're one of two people. You either thought that was savage and fantastic, or you thought that was out of line, and he definitely shouldn't have said any of that. And also, that comes into question of the uh, a lot of replies to the original tweet quoting what Kamara said about um, how they rolled the the Eagles and you know F Minnesota. Uh, people replied with the GIF of Stefan Diggs uh, completing the, um, oh, the Minneapolis so miracle, and yeah, and it was like, ah, yeah, well, why'd y'all have to go there? But you know, that's obviously how people are going to take it sometimes. So. Um, uh, as Saints fans, obviously you got to take the good with the bad. So um, there's going to come criticism to what Kamara says, but I don't think he was out of line. Um, I, th- I think a lot of people, even outside of the Houdat Nation, will will agree with me, and a lot of people will will, will disagree. And that's the great thing about uh, sports. There there's a lot of sides to everything. But no, I don't think Kamara was out of line at all. Uh, I love yeah. him. Absolutely savage. He is a savage man. He's a beast, and you know uh, we want to leave the poll open to you guys. You know we'll throw a poll up later. Uh, when this episode goes on, uh, goes out, you know, on Speaker and iTunes, but we'll have a poll out later on our Twitter account at the WDD Podcast, asking you guys, do you think Calvin Kamara was out of line? But with that being said, we want to throw it to a new segment on this uh, on this uh, podcast here. It's on a brighter note, you know. It's a daily reminder, getting you guys ready for the great new season this New Orleans Saints is going to take on. And that's a just a reminder of all the great things that this team has and what's to offer and everything. So I'm going to kick it off first. And so basically, you know, this is just you know, a player or two or just somebody we appreciate. Somebody that makes this New Orleans team, a New Orleans Saints team, so amazing. So uh, it's a bit of a shock why I chose first because I was thinking about it as you were talking earlier, Dan. But I'm going to go with the beast, the leg, the man we all know and love, Thomas Morstead, our punter. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought I chose a punter? But here's why, okay? So Thomas Morrison not only boots the football, it feels like thousands of yards every game, but he also helped clinch us a Super Bowl victory against the Indianapolis Colts so long ago when he did the onside kick. So cheers to you, Thomas Morrison. You are one piece of this amazing puzzle that helps make this New Orleans Saints team so great. I yep, yeah, I love it. Uh, Thomas Morstead is is uh, also recently. I, I don't think we ever mentioned it on the show, but he did. Um, I think uh, four hundred and fifty pull ups in an hour or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that for charity. Um, fa- fa- fantastic guy uh, all around. Um, Another reason why I love football. Um, Cam Meredith uh, today he had two tweets that caught the attention of Saints fans. I'm going to read them out loud. Um, first tweet. Let's do it. So many obstacles on my path, trying to test my perseverance. No need to fear. My faith is unshaken, and I can do all things through him, for he gives me strength. The other tweet said, just a reminder, folks, sometimes we just have to remember perseverance is key in everything we do. R-E-L-A-X. Obviously spells relax, a trade, almost a trademark by uh, Aaron Rodgers. Just about calm me down because people freaked out about that tweet, thinking that he was um, having some setbacks for rehabilitation for his torn ACL he suffered too. Um, in 2017. Yeah, it, it, it was a little scary um, um, for Saints fans uh, there. But apparently his, his knee is doing fine. He's, he's uh, rehabilitating uh, a great in camp. Uh, but he might be facing another mm-hmm. injury. But the reason I love it is is the positiveness coming out of this. Um, the fact that his Avi is a um, the the floor the Saints logo and with Who Nation as his logo, 
He's already embracing the the culture, and he knows that this team wants him, and he's going to be a big part of the offense next year. Obviously, if if, he, if he's able to uh, be healthy, uh, which it sounds like he is, it might he might just be facing a couple of roadblocks, like he said. So hopefully, it's nothing too serious. But um, love the positiveness, uh, Cam. Keep it up. Can't wait to see you um, play soon. Ho- hopefully, very soon. For sure. For sure. With that being said, guys, so we just want to thank everybody for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Who Does This podcast. Like we've been saying for the past couple weeks now, we are so happy to be bringing you guys more fantastic episodes. Another quick uh, uh, plug-in for our merch. If you guys didn't hear us earlier, we'll tell you again. Uh, make sure to go check out our merch. Uh, let's see if I can pull up that thing really quick. Let's see. It's swagshop.fansided.com and search, thank you. search Who That Dish podcast. Yes, there you go. And don't forget to use code FOOTBALL to save 20%. And like we've been saying, make sure to check us out on our Twitter account at the WDD Podcast and tweet us your photos. We love them. We will be resharing them and talking about them on future episodes. And speaking of all those good stuff, uh, good things there, here's where you can follow us on all of our social media. So, like we said, Twitter at the WDD Podcast. You can follow Dayton Brown, the other good guy on the other side of the mic, at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow me. At Raymond Tyler M. Uh, you can check our podcast out on Spreaker. That's S P R E A K E R and iTunes. Uh, just like if you have an iPhone, just uh, look it up under the podcast app and just search Who That Dish. You'll find us. And make sure to check out uh, Who That Dish itself, the website. We have great people. Dayton, our editor, Roy Anderson, plugging away at great articles. And yeah, that's it. We appreciate the love and support, guys. Buy our T-shirts. Uh, we're, we're just so excited for those to be out, guys. And, and that we are. We thank you in advance if you do end up getting one. Um, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me, of course, at Dane underscore Brown underscore. And I will be tweeting a lot of uh, Saints updates coming up uh, within the next few weeks as we gear up for the regular season, as will Tyler at Raymond Tyler M. Yep. Um, <laughs> so very, very, very excited for the season to start. Very excited to have some merch out there for you guys um there was one other thing i was gonna say and i and i totally oh next uh later on this week uh thursday uh uh, to be exact we will be having jess root on uh he is the host of a uh the usa today's uh and i I, you know what i think it's a usa today mixed with fan-sided um uh podcast actually it's pretty interesting but uh um he he writes for the usa's today's card wire cards wire and uh, he hosts the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, which obviously covers the Arizona Cardinals year-round. So um, he will be the guest we're going to have on on Thursday. And we're going to be obviously breaking down the Saints-Cardinals matchup that will be taking place on Friday. So be sure to tune in for that. Um, again, thank it's you guys awesome. so much for listening. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fantastic. I'm excited to have him on. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys very, very soon. Uh, again, if, if you get a T-shirt from us, let us know. Tweet us at the WDD Podcast. Send, it, send us a selfie. Um, we'll talk to you guys very, very soon. Thanks again for listening. And as always, get ready, Tyler. Who that?